0: Gave up the sun.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, 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 one and all, to Episode 7 of the Rise Up Podcast. How are you doing this morning? I hope you can all hear me fine. I hope the uh, the volume is fine. The camera's good. Everything's good. You see the sun rising behind me. That means it's time to rise up. Of course, we have got our Rise Up coffee. This is my favorite. This is the American pecan, or as I say it here in New Hampshire, the American pecan, uh, but this is the American pecan. This is the light, medium roast. But we also, for you dark, rich coffee enthusiasts out there, we have the dark, which is the Sumatra Gold Dark Roast, and uh, very, very, very uh, flavorful gourmet coffee. And, of course, you know we got it right here in our cup, and it's a beautiful Monday morning, definitely a beautiful Monday morning to start uh, giving our Thanksgiving and our worship and our, you know, All of our love and our appreciation for being able to breathe to be here this morning. Uh, Thank you, Amber. God bless you. Thank you so very much. I love you. Uh, Katie says, woohoo, 100 rumbles already. You can't beat that. Melissa is here from the great state of Massachusetts. How you doing, Melissa? Cindy Lou, who is watching. God bless you, Cindy. Thank you for being here this morning. Lee's Designs is in the building. Make sure you give Lee's Designs from South Carolina a big shout-out. We've got uh, Kristen Donovan. Kristen, I hope the boys are doing well. I hope the family's doing well. God bless you. Thank you for rising up with me here on uh, LFA TV. Love the hat, says Amanda Collins. Thank you so very much. Of course, one of the great LFA family members sent me this beautiful Yahweh hat, so you know I've got to sport it. We've got Hart MJ in the building, said, let's get this week started right so much to be thankful for. Amen. JL Jess has 111 rumbles now. You know what to do. Victoria, uh, victory, excuse me, Victoria is in the building. How you doing, Victoria? Good to see you. Race mom. Well, thank you. Thank you. I got, uh, this was a very eventful weekend for me, uh, but I got to start out the weekend with a 7 a.m. men's prayer group, and what better way to do it than that? Jeremy, what is the total weight loss so far? You look great. Uh, I think about... 57, 58 pounds, somewhere in there. Um, More to go, that's for sure, because I put some on over Thanksgiving. Over 600 watching, they say, beautiful. Well, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to our morning prayer right away. If you're wearing a hat, please remove that hat right now. As you see these beautiful new lower thirds that Eli put in with the, uh, you're welcome, Lee's designs, with the Rise Up uh, scroll. What a beautiful, you know what, very different way we do podcasts here than normal shows, okay? Uh, Bill Beard, what happened to Antonio? Well, Antonio, he, Antonio's got a very busy life with filming. He's getting into filming season. He's going to be away doing some filming as well. He's got, you know, he owns, he's involved in ownership with a couple businesses, and uh, I just, at this point, cannot pay uh, Antonio for the time that, uh, that he was spending doing this, and he needs to do some other things, and he's going to be filming as well. And if I had all the money in the world, I'd be like, don't do that. Do this instead, uh, but I just don't have that right now. So, you know, it is what it is. And uh, great, great man. It was great, time, great having him here. And hopefully we'll have him back in the future. Maybe if LFA continues to grow. But right now, how you doing, Barbara? Good to see you, Jim and Barbara Peters in the building. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's start off this Rise Up podcast, Episode 7, the right way, with asking God to bless this show and everybody who's watching and everybody who might even get this because of a share on Telegram or Facebook or wherever, okay? Here we go. Our Father in heaven, thank you so much, Lord, for this time together every day. We give you thanks for the time that we get to spend in fellowship together, this digital podcast, this amazing technological advancement in the world that allows people to have church uh, together without even being in the same building. Lord, we pray for our churches. We pray for our pastors of our churches. That they don't adopt the ideologies and the narrative of the world. And that they are not of this world, Lord. That they continue to preach and, and, and teach uh, based in the Bible. Not based in the ever-changing ways of man, Lord. We pray so very much for our churches in this time. We pray for those that are affected financially. Having a hard time making it through Christmas. Uh, we, we, we ask that you touch those people's hearts to let them know that it's not about money and that if they go to God, if they go to Jesus with their families, that's the best pre- present that they could ever get on Christmas, Lord. We ask and pray that you bless this podcast, bless this show, bless the reach of this show, that we spread the gospel together and that we share this video out far and wide multiple times a day because it is a great way to share the gospel especially for those of us who can't make it out into the streets or even walk to go do this in public. Lord, thank you so very much for this time again together. We give all honor to you. We give all glory to you. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. All glory and all honor to God. And of course, Eli, I uh, want you to know that the people think that your lower thirds, your rise up, uh, scroll is very amazing and they love it very, very much. So Eli gave a big thumbs up on that one. Uh, Barbara says, Jeremy, first time here. Well, I'm glad you're here with us, Barbara. I really am. I'm glad to, you know, it's really hard for a lot of people to wake up this early in the morning uh, if they're on the West Coast. For sure, I know Jim and Barbara Peters are not. But again, you know, to get up this early in the morning to, you know, to start watching a show, a podcast, whatever it is, it's it's not easy for some people. And some people are getting up, rising up, as the show says, at 6 a.m. on the West Coast to watch this show. So for all of you, God bless you. I give you a round of applause. That's dedication to God. That's dedication to the gospel. And we just need to keep pushing that more and more and more and more. All right? So, uh as we get ready to get into the word this morning, let's bring up the Rumble chat. For those watching on Roku and Firestick digital TV, uh, you'll be able to to join in kind of vicariously through the uh, the LFA producers made Rumble chat uh, template that he's got here. As we can see, Mocha Power to say Amen this morning. We've got Amber Wolf also agreeing in on the Amen. Uh, Gracie is here. Good morning, Victoria. Uh, Bill Beard. God, good morning to you. God bless you, brother. We've got Heather Lynn says working out, running while listening to Rise Up. Well, you know what? You have a good workout. Uh, make sure you don't uh, skimp on anything. Get the full the full mileage or distance that you're trying to get in. And uh, when you start getting when you start getting tired and ready to give up, ask for God and He'll and here's His help and He'll push you along. I have no choice but to rise up by 8:30. The cats give me no choice. Says Victoria. Amen. I understand that. I definitely understand that. Kitten says, rumbled. Post it on Truth Social, your spot and getter. That's what I love to see, where you guys take the link and you actually share it to your other social media platforms. Way to go. Uh, LFA Producer says, 177 Rumble's. Katie says, I love hearing this in the a.m. Well, I love saying it as well. Look at that, Race Mom, 7 a.m. here in Arizona. Can't think of any other way, uh, any way else to rise up taking my kids to school in Wyoming. Will you tell those kids to have a blessed and wonderful day and make sure that uh, you pray with them before they get out of the car and before they get into school and pray that God shows them a way to be a light in the darkness of all those children going to school. So much darkness. All right? All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to it. Now, every day, if you're a first-time listener here in the morning, like L. Brower, number one, we start out with this book right here. This is a one-minute prayer for dads, Although this is just as good as a book for moms or grandfathers or grandmothers, okay? This book applies to you as well. But my mother gave me this book after we uh, found the Lord, or after the Lord found us. I guess we're the ones lost, okay? So this is one-minute prayer for dads. And my mom actually had a very hard weekend. So I will ask you to pray for my mother. My mother has COPD, but she also has walking pneumonia right now. And she has... Um, uh what's it called? Uh RSV, I think that's the name of it. And my mother literally almost passed away this weekend because of lack of air. So we got her to the hospital. We got her all the medication she needs. We got her the steroids. We got her the ibruterol. We got her the uh the, the 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 medication for the infection and uh I I got my mom the Envirocleanse using the promo code there when for Thanksgiving, the Black Friday Promo code. So I paid a little less. I think I paid less than $500. I gave her her Christmas present early uh, so, so she could breathe a little better in her home. So you guys could just keep my mother in your prayers, I very much would appreciate that. And again, she gave me this book. So we're going to move on in this book. And we're going to say, when they make mistakes, when they make mistakes, talking about your children. Okay. And we're going to read, read from Psalm 134. Annette says, how was Lily's program on Friday? Well, if you remind me, I'll show you a picture of it that I posted on Getter. And I have video as well. If you remind me, I'll show that, okay? Um, All right. Psalm 134 says this, but with you, there is forgiveness that you may be feared. Now, I want you guys to remember that when we talk about fear of the Lord, we are not talking about fear as like you fear the boogeyman or you fear death. Fear of the Lord is something very different. When our kids inevitably blow it, do they run to us for forgiveness or do do they run from us in fear? Do you run from God in fear when you do something wrong or do you run to God for forgiveness and After you answer that question, think about your kids or your grandkids. Do they run to you and ask for forgiveness or do they run from you in fear? Very, very powerful. Good dads are like God. Good forgivers and experts in restoring broken fellowship. Okay? And then it goes down to this prayer. God, I thank you that I am a forgiven man. All my sins are gone, taken away by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And just so, I pray that I will be patient with my kids as they inevitably sin. I pray they will learn early about the freedom we have in forgiveness. Absolutely amazing. I pray they will learn to run quickly to you when they have sinned against you. And I pray that I'll be the kind of father that they will run to when they have sinned against me or their mom. Lord, help me to, be, to model forgiveness and mercy towards them just as you have towards me. Now, I don't know about all you other mothers and fathers out there, but I will tell you this. Okay. Thank you, Amber. Thank you, all of you. Uh, Ari, uh, Arian, thank you for your prayers for my mother. God bless all of you. Cindy Luhu. thank you for praying for my mom. She definitely needs it, but really we need to pray for her to quit smoking cigarettes, Lord, everyone. That's her biggest problem. Smoking cigarettes. She will not stop. She figures that she's already smoked as long stopping now will not help. I said, mom, that's absolutely ridiculous. If the knife is in and I keep twisting. Is it going to hurt more? Of course it is. Is it going to do more damage? Of course it is. If I pull it out, I can start healing. That's what we need to really pray for. People to stop smoking that have breathing problems. But let's get back into this, okay? Because I don't know about you fathers and mothers out there, but when I lost my temper with my kids, ever since they were little, even before God, I would always go to their rooms with them or I would take them aside or I would take them on a walk and I would apologize for losing my temper and then I would explain to them why I lost my temper and then when I would explain to them what they did wrong and, and why that caused me to get so angry. It was really wrong. It was great for me to spend that time with my children and correct them. It was great for to spend that time with my children and show them where they went wrong. But you know what the bad part about that was? is although I, was pre- although I was asking for their forgiveness and although I was showing forgiveness, I cannot put that toothpaste back in the tube once I say it. The anger. You're so stupid. You're worthless. Why are you so bad every day? Bad. How can you possibly do that? How can you possibly be so dumb that where you would do that? Those words came out of my mouth to my children many, many, many times. Many times, oh, I cannot wait until you guys are 18 and you're out of this house and I don't have to deal with you anymore. Do you know how bad that is? Do you know how bad sounds right now that I'm saying that, that I said it? Think about that, folks. So we don't want to show our kids, our, our father in heaven would never do that. Our father in heaven would tell us the truth. You're being a hypocrite. You're being a liar. You're being a thief. You're on your way to hell. Yes, that's the truth. But our father would never say you are worthless. Because that would mean that God makes mistakes and made a worthless thing. That would mean that God, his love for you is conditional and not unconditional. And basically what you're doing when you're telling your kids that they're worthless or stupid or dumb or not able to do something or that you had it with them or you don't want to be around them, basically... You are telling them that your love is conditional and not unconditional. And I'm not saying do not punish your kids, not in any way, shape, or form. I'm saying how you punish your kids, how you punish your kids, what you say to them. Your tongue can cause more damage than any sword, any knife, or any bullet. Trust me. Your tongue can cause lifelong damage. And it's no different than having a husband or a wife that speaks like that to you. How do you feel when your husband, ladies, how do you feel when your husband tells you you're worthless? How do you feel when your husband tells you that he wishes he would have married somebody else? How does that feel? I used to do the same thing with my uh, former, my children, my first children's mother, and I, and I never really did that with Sabrina. I was pretty much, I was pretty much understood my errors of my way uh, once I met, you know, and got in a relationship with Sabrina. But it's a lot easier to ask God to help you not do it than it is to ask God for forgiveness for doing it. Now, God will forgive you for what you said to those kids. Will your kids, will your kids forgive you? And even if they do forgive you, will they act like that to their kids? So while we're on the topic of kids, ladies and gentlemen, see that two doxy moms says, I grew up hearing words like that and I thought I was nothing. Exactly. The tongue is like a sword, says Kathy Cappy. Exactly. Cowboy Farmer says children are such a gift. They are. So why would, we, why would we treat our gift like trash? Why would we throw it in the garbage? We would not do that. So we have to learn, and we have to learn together. And we have to understand where we make those mistakes with our children. Now, I know most of your children are grown up, but do you have grandchildren? Most of our children are grown up, but a lot of us here still have young children, Learn today. Stop doing that. Or husbands, stop talking like that to your wives. Wives, maybe stop talking like that to your husbands. M. Gillig says, if my husband told me that, I'd be out of there. He'd be the biggest loser in the end. Amen. God bless you for being a stand-up person. A lot of people are not like that. Now, while we're on the topic of kids, before we move on, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, what I told each one of my children this weekend. First of all, I sat them down together and I said... I don't think that we appreciate your chill, your your accolades uh, or give you the accolades for your um, for your achievements as much as we should. We we tell you how much you could do better. We tell you how much we um we we, we tell you how much pr- how proud we are when you get good grades. But there's so many other great things that they do that we don't take the time to tell them that they're doing great. So I sat my children down this weekend. I told them how great they were. I told them how amazing they were and how. How incredibly wonderful they are as human beings. But then I told them this, ladies and gentlemen, and I want you to understand how important it is for your children to hear this. I said, I went to the passage in the Bible that says God knew you before he formed you in your womb. God knew you before he formed you in your mother's womb. God knows every hair on your head, and God knows you better than you know yourselves. Think of those three passages in the Bible. He knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. He knows every hair on your head, and he knows you better than you do. That right there kills the argument of abortion. That means that before you were even formed in your womb, let alone six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, or whatever it is that somebody says that you're not a human, because you're not developed enough, or your heartbeat can't uh, beat on its own, or whatever, you need your mother. You know, a baby can't survive at a, outside of its mother's womb, so it's not a ch- it's not a human yet. If God knew you before you were even formed in your womb, that right there tells you that He handpicked your soul to live here on earth in a flesh body. Think about that. So the idea of abortion from even even before the first day of that miracle starting to form from an egg to a human is precious and is a gift from God. He handpicked you from heaven, a soul in heaven. He puts you into a body on earth. Why? Because it's an accident. No, God doesn't make mistakes. He puts you here for an absolute reason. And your reason for being here on this earth is, this, is exactly as different as your fingerprints are from another person's fingerprints. That is your identity. So all of this transgender, bigender, non-gender, fa- gender fluid, don't know what I am, want to change my name that my parents gave me, want to change who I am. You're not going to change your fingerprints. And you're not going to change who God created you to be. So that kills the idea of abortion right there. That kills the argument of of abortion. God knew you before you, you were formed in your mother's womb. You are specifically here for a reason. And I told each one of my children, you might not know what that reason is till you're 20, 30, 40. I didn't know until I was in my late 30s. I'm still figuring it out. And you'll always figure it out. You'll always learn more and more about why God puts you here. But you are here for something. So don't ever let anybody, your mother, me, anybody ever tell you that you're not good enough for something. And if that slips out, please know that that's out of anger and that I am asking for your forgiveness before it even happens. You are special. And you are here for an absolute reason. And to think otherwise is just rebellious. It is rebellious because, and you know it because God gave you that conscience. God wrote the laws of the Ten Commandments on your heart, and he also wrote who you are inside you. It's there. It's within your DNA structure. Own it. Figure it out. Find out what that is and own it and don't stop at doing it because that's why you're here. Now, moving on. The next book that I'm going to read from today is One Year with Jesus in the Gospels. One Year with Jesus in the Gospels. Okay? Now, I will retire these books because they're annual books, and I will retire these books as we finish them, and trust me, I have no shortage of books and devotionals to go through that we can speak about, okay? Cindy Lou Hu says, I hadn't thought of that. Neither did I until God told me this weekend at men's prayer at 7 a.m. on Saturday. 7 a.m. we sat in men's prayer. And that's when I realized that. That's when I realized that. Now, speaking of that, ladies and gentlemen, for all of you who are watching, um, our school, which is operated by our church, it's called CCA. It is one of the only really good Christian schools around. And we are in desperate need of finding a new building because the owners of the building that they've been in for decades are kicking them out. If that's not the devil at work, I don't know what is. And we're going to be on a month-long campaign to save that school because it's not about saving the school now. It's about saving the school for generations of children to grow up and be children of God. So we are, we're dealing with that as well, but we're going to speak about that. Let's go, to, uh, let's go to the Lord right now in this book, okay? December 12th, death has lost its power. From Matthew 27.52, Matthew 27.52, And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. Now, I don't know if you got the morning newsletter today. But the morning newsletter and what I've titled this show is Jesus the Savior now, Jesus the judge later. What you know of Jesus right now will not be the Jesus that you're used to when Jesus when Jesus makes his second coming. It will not be the Savior Jesus that comes back. I mean, it will be, but it will also be the judge Jesus with fiery eyes and a very specific purpose. That is what this this day, this rise-up show is leading up to, is the morning verse of the day. And when we get there, you're going to be utterly surprised and ready for the 11 o'clock show. I can tell you that. I can tell you that. This is an amazing event that only Matthew records. This earthquake apparently rolled the stones away from many of the graves in the vicinity of Jerusalem and some of the saints buried there arose from the dead even at the death of jesus such powers such power was released that death lost its grip grips on its captives instantly instantly all of those prophets all those wonderful people elijah elijah well elijah was taken to heaven without you know dying but you understand what i mean moses david all of them they all broke free from the death, from the slavery of death, the moment Jesus died. The moment he died. So it wasn't just him that defeated death and rose on the third day. The moment he died, all of them broke their chains of death. Amazing. It is uncertain whether these resurrected saints died again or were caught up to God. If they were resurrected in Christ's death, then they would have had to die again, just as Lazarus or Jairus' daughter or the widow's son at Nain or anyone else that Jesus raised from the dead during his ministry. This is because Jesus was the first fruits of them that slept. You could find that in Acts 26-23 and also 1 Corinthians 15-20. Jesus was not the first person physically raised from the dead, but he was the first person begotten from the dead to never die again. If these people were not actually resurrected until Jesus' resurrection, when Matthew states they came out of their graves, then they could have been resurrected with their glorified bodies to never die again. At any rate, these saints went into Jerusalem after Jesus was resurrected, and they appeared to many people. We can only guess what effect this must have had on people. Think about that. Seeing the people they read, read about their whole lives, their parents' whole lives, their parents' parents' whole lives, all the way back to the Old Testament. The resurrection of Jesus puts Christianity in a class all by itself. That is 100% true. Many people have come and gone professing, some revelation from God or new way of approaching God, but only Jesus has conquered death. This makes him unique and elevates him above the level of any other man who has ever walked on this earth. The resurrection of Jesus is the ultimate proof of the accuracy of his doctrine. Muhammad did not die and rise again. Buddha did not die and rise again. No other religious leader has ever done what Jesus did, which makes him so unique. And no other religion allows you to into heaven as a free gift. Everything is all based on your pros and cons and what you've, and the works that you've done. None of it is it a free gift like it is in, in, with God, with Jesus. I'm Sullivan. So can we pull up the rumble chat here? I'm Sullivan says, yes, I read in a church billboard. You know what Jesus wants for Christmas? Look into the mirror. Wow. Isn't that powerful? Son-in-law just texted his work work having layoffs Friday. Well, we will pray, definitely. I miss my getter family, says Lord Fishy. Most of them are here, buddy. Most of them are here, but they just might not be in the chat because they refuse to get a uh, Rumble profile. So, but I definitely hear you on that one. There was a lot of reasons that we had to do what we did. So just know that. Um, That is powerful, says Cindy Lou. Amen. I want to thank you for everybody who's chiming in. I, I do want to go to the lower section, though, because down here, there's always somebody here. And Mary am says, hello, everyone. Thank you, Jeremy. And thank you, Eli. Hello, Mary. God bless you. And thank you. And for all the rumble rants that come in, ladies and gentlemen, just remember the 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 amount of lives that we changed with Rumble Rants this year was incredible. It was incredible. We doubled what we wanted to do for this year. If that is not God using this show, then I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. Let's move on to Jesus Listens, everybody. We're moving on to Jesus Listens. Now, this is another book by Sarah Young, who actually write, uh, write, wrote Jesus Calling. But uh, this is called Jesus Listens. This is a very different take on it. It's not Jesus Calling, it's Jesus Listening. Um, Majorva says, Jeremy, I read Everyday Jesus Today and Jesus Calling. I need new books. Can you give me a few? Well, if you go to jeremyherald.com and request a Bible, you can actually put in there that you're requesting devotionals because we have those too, and we'll send those out to you as well, okay? Bruce Carroll says, Hope you don't put me in a timeout. Never, sir, never. Some of us getter people are here Headed out for the day. Enjoy. Well, God bless you. Thank you very much, Bruce. And thank you, Cowboy Fan, for the $20 donation. Thank you very much. All right, here we go. My Jesus, you designed me to live in union with you. I am thankful that this union does not negate who I am. On the contrary, it makes me more fully myself. I want to stop right there. Folks, I want to to tell you a story of how this applies to me. So when my wife and I... We're deciding whether or not we wanted any part of God or Christianity in our life. It wasn't for me and my wife. It was only for my kids. We were, we've decided to go to church and to put them in Christian school, not because we believed in God, but un, un, unbeknownst to us at that time, it was God's way of bringing us to him through our children. Absolutely amazing. So what happened was we wanted to give our children a godly background, only because we remembered that kids that were Christian kids that went to our school always were happy. None of them were upset. And most of them never went on to have bad lives. They all went on to have good lives. So we said, you know what? We didn't really believe in God, but we wanted to give our kids a God-centered foundation because we knew it was based in, um, in kindness and compassion. And we knew that public school was not there. So we decided to do that. Great. We're so grateful because it led us to Christ. But here is why I was fighting, giving my giving my life to Christ, even though I knew he was calling me for so many other reasons. And another day on another show, we'll break down my complete transformation of what really got me from who I am, who I was to who I am today. But know this. What I was fighting so hard on was I was telling Sabrina, I don't want to change everything of who I am. I like who I am at my heart who my personality is, and I think that the world has made me have the personality I have, so if I give up all of this stuff and I give up uh, desiring any of this and, you know, movies I watch, music I listen to, then I would not be me, and I don't want to change my personality. I would love to love God and believe in God, but I don't want to change who I am, and Sabrina was the, Sabrina, God used her in such a way. She said, you don't have to change who you are, Who you are will be made better. Trust me. And I just would not do it. I would not do it. I would not make that step into Christianity because I thought it was going to, now I have to be all prim and proper and be so like, and nobody's going to like me anymore because that is the, that is the thought I had of being a Christian. I had no idea what being a Christian was. No idea. I thought it was, you know, like on movies, you had to be so perfect And then I realized it's because we're not perfect that we need Christ. And it enhances our good part of our personality and gets rid of the bad. And I had such a skewed thought of what a Christian was. I wanted no part of it. I wanted no part of it because I thought it was going to change who I was. And everybody liked me. I was the center of attention. I got class clown in high school. I wanted to be continue to be who I was. What I didn't realize is I was going to continue being who I was, but just a way better version. So I just wanted to stop that there and say that, okay? I've discovered that when I try to live independently of you, even for short periods of time, I experience emptiness and dissatisfaction. But when I walk in the light of your presence, you bless me with deep, satisfying joy. I delight in praising you, exalting you in your righteousness. Help me to find fulfillment in living close to you, yielding to your purpose for me. Sometimes you lead me along paths that feel alien to me. Oh, something went wrong with StreamYard. Are we still live everywhere else? Hold on. Something went wrong with Roku and Firestick, ladies and gentlemen. So give me a second. If we broke down on Roku and Firestick... Then I apologize. Let's see if we can get back to, uh, oh no, we're still there. Okay. All right. Well, we're still there as long as we're still there. Uh, anyway, um, that feel alien to me. And at such times I need to cling to you, trusting that you know what you're doing. Cause when I follow you wholeheartedly, I can discover facets of myself that were previously hidden. You know me intimately far better than I know myself. We talked about that this morning. I, in union with you, I am complete in closeness to you. I am transformed more and more into the one you created me to be. Folks, what is that? What have we been saying? That God created you to be somebody specific. We're back on Fire Stick and, 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 and Roku now, folks. We should be, okay? Uh, but anyway, God created you to be something so specific That everything that you think that you were before Christ is not that. Everything that you've become in Christ is what you were meant to be. So if you're struggling with self-identity or if you ever say to yourself, why am I even here? Pray on it. You'll figure it out. You were here for a reason. And become a Christian for all those who are afraid to take that step. For all those who... For all of, I want you to share this portion of this video. What are we at? We at, uh, how many minutes are we in right now? 36 minutes in, whatever, 38 minutes in. Share this portion of this to a person who's not a believer, okay? I know, trust me, as a new believer in Christ just since 2016 and really better every year, closer every year. Trust me, I know that a big hurdle to you not wanting to embrace Christianity is because you're afraid that you have to be what you think a Christian is. But what you think a Christian is, you are completely upside down. Okay, We don't think we're better than everybody else, and we don't damn anybody to hell. We think we are exactly what we really are here on this earth, and that's bad people. We know we need Jesus. We're never going to stop sinning, and we're never going to be perfect. But we strive to be, and we strive to do good. And that's what Christianity is, and nothing else following the words of Jesus, living Christ-like, and enhancing who God created you to be, flourishing all the good and, and, and flushing the bad. That is what it is. And I know, it's, I know you have this grandiose idea that being a Christian means that you're going to have to change everybody, change everything about you. And it's true to some extent but it's only in a good way. It's not in a bad way. I can tell you that for sure. And that's from my own experience. Okay. All right. Now we're going with every day with Jesus, every day with Jesus. And ladies and gentlemen, if you are just joining in, please do me the humble favor. I'll ask you humbly. I should say to rumble this video. We have over a thousand people watching and we don't even have 300 rumbles yet. And a rumble is a like, all I need you to do is like the video. It's that simple. If you, like, if you could do that for me, I would very much appreciate it. And ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, we now have our Rise Up to match this beautiful show, our Rise Up coffee. And on the back of that, we did not shy away from putting the cross. We did not. Okay. We rise up every morning with beautiful gourmet coffee. We rise up reading the word. We rise up with Christ when he comes back in his second coming. We rise up against tyranny in our country. We rise up. And we drink good gourmet coffee while we're doing it. So please click that like button real quick and we'll get right back to the show. We've got about 10 minutes left, okay? Every day with Jesus. God speaks to you through creation. I love this. I absolutely love this, ladies and gentlemen. Psalm 19.1. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament... Showeth his handiwork. The physical creation all around us is awesome. The birds, the flowers, the puppies, the kittens, the rainbows, the tree, the sky, the clouds, the sun that rises up every day without fail. The order to the seasons, to life, to growth, to aging, to the food, To the smells, the tastes, the sights, the sounds of children growing up. All of it. Wonderful creation. Who's maintaining that, ladies and gentlemen? Ask an atheist who's maintaining that. Because an atheist thinks, an atheist believes in the scientific impossibility. And the reason I say it that way is because of this. They believe in science only. So the atheist believes in the scientific impossibility that nothing created everything. It's not possible. It's not possible. Nothing could not have created everything. And furthermore, chaos, which is what they think happened, chaos all of a sudden became controlled to the point where it allowed a fish or a frog or a bacteria or whatever to come out of the ocean and become a human. Wow, that's incredible order. That's incredible control for chaos and nothingness. Man has never fully appreciated the wonder in the simplest actions of God. Take, for example, the sunrise and the sunsets. Amen. The sun rises and sets with such precision that almanacs can predict its exact arrival and departure down to the minute, years in advance. How? How do they do that? Must be order. And for there to be order, somebody must be controlling that order. Must be the aliens, huh? ha, <laughs> ha. Well, true, God is an alien, isn't he, to this earth? Moving on. The rising and the the setting of the sun is so spectacular. It's like a trumpet calling attention to the glory of the faithfulness of God. There are no words to adequately describe the beauty when the rays of the sun first appear through the clouds in the early morning or begin to leave in the evening. Look at it back there. It's beautiful. These daily events often go unnoticed and unappreciated by the vast majority of us. There's no language that doesn't understand this form of communication, but our preoccupation with ourselves makes us deaf to it. The Lord speaks to us through his creation, but few of us listen. Now, I want to stop real quick. Does anybody remember what, you, what I told you that I do when I leave my house? I walk out, I stand in front of my house, I close my eyes, and I listen to the world. I listen to the world. I listen to the birds. I listen to the cars in the far off you know, distance. I listen to the wind. I listen to people waking up. I listen to dogs barking. And every one of those things I equate to God speaking to me. And I feel so joyful every day, every day, regardless of how dark your situation may be, a dawn is coming if you trust in God, just as surely as the sun will rise in the morning. Regardless of how hard your labor may be, a time of rest is coming. Just as surely as the sun sets each day, nothing people do will change the rising and setting of the sun. And nothing people do will change the faithfulness of God to you. That is what he is saying to you today as you watch the sun rise and set. Rise and set. Do you want to know how incredibly precise God is? I used to read these before I did my morning newsletter. So I don't do that anymore. Now I rely on God like I do every morning to give me a verse of the day, which I get out in the morning. Then I come here and I read all these books for the first time with you. I said that I'm rising up with you. I don't pre-read these. And isn't it funny how the morning newsletter coincides perfectly with every message that I've given you today from these devotionals. That is the precision of God. That's the precision of God. And now I'm going to read from Christian Ethics, which is a book that we're going to be going through, piece by piece. Why should a Christian study ethics? That is, why should we engage in the process of collecting and summarizing the teachings of many individual Bible passages On particular ethical questions. Why is it not sufficient. Simply. To continue reading the Bible. Regularly every day of our lives. The basic reason. In answering these questions. We must. Be careful not to propose a reason. To study Christian ethics. That implies. That we can somehow. Improve on the Bible. By doing a better job of organizing. Its ethical teachings or explaining them in a better way than the Bible itself has done. If we do this, we may be implicitly denying the clarity or sufficiency of Scripture. And that's why a lot of people have a hard time with Catholicism, ladies and gentlemen. This isn't me going off on one of my rants with Catholicism or any way, shape, or form. But this is just telling you why people have a hard time with Catholicism and the teachings daily at a Catholic church nowadays. I don't know how it was back in the day, but I know like a lot of even um, just evangelical churches, they just get it wrong because they try to add to or take away from the Bible. It's not the way it's supposed to be. Period. Okay. The basic reason that we should study ethics is to better know God's will for us. The New Testament tells us in several places that we should live in obedience to God's will. For example, Jesus taught that his followers should keep his commandments. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. But in order to keep Jesus' commandments... We have to know what they are and understand how they apply to us today, including their Old Testament backgrounds, okay, and their further explanation in the New Testament epistles. That is the study of Christian ethics. The New Testament epistles also give instructions to readers that sound very much like calls to study ethics. So ladies and gentlemen, we'll leave that right there why we study Christian ethics is to better understand the word of the words of God in the Bible, but also how to apply them today in today's world in decisions that we make in ways that we go about our day. That is why we do that. Okay. And now ladies and gentlemen, my favorite part of rise up is to actually go and read the morning newsletter and leave us off with that. And then we come back on the 11 a.m. show. And we read that morning newsletter again, and then we read my description of it in the bottom section, okay? All right. This morning newsletter, again, was titled, Jesus the Savior Now, but Jesus the Judge Later. Hello and good morning. I hope you had a wonderful weekend And I just said, okay, real quick, if any of you wants to order anything from JeremyHarrell.com for Christmas, my wife wanted you to know that if you want to have it for Christmas, you must get it by the 19th, okay? There's a lot of new items on there, a lot of good stuff there. And if you follow the newsletter, you get your 20% off discount code, but you must order it by the 19th to get it by Christmas. Discounts do not apply to coffee, okay? All right, verse of the day today, Revelation 1-3. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. Eagle Fight says they're drinking their uh, field of greens for the first time ever, nervous as heck. Well, let me just tell you, it'll take a good week for you to really start feeling Things move around, but all immediately your belly will start grumbling and you will start noticing a difference within the first week. Uh, But my advice to you is don't drink it fast. Take a good half hour to drink it. Okay, don't just guzzle it. All right. Uh, So again, ladies and gentlemen, I'll read it one more time. Revelation one three blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it for the time is near. All right, we'll leave it at that, and I will ask all of you to please, please, please do me the ever so humble favor of sharing this video one more time, liking it if you have not liked it, okay, and um, also, I will ask you if you guys can please always rumble the other shows Okay, Rumble, Unafraid, go in and rumble and a show, Wrong Think. Even if you don't have time to watch it, ladies and gentlemen, it's important that we show them, uh, give them the rumbles, because it actually helps out with uh, Rumble pushing the shows even further. So just remember, ladies and gentlemen, there are right ways and there are wrong ways, but there's only one Yahweh. So stand up tall, keep your shoulders back, keep your chest out, and keep your head up high, because you are a child of God and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. I love you all, and I'll see you at 11 a.m., but right now in just nine minutes, Loud Majority with Kevin Smith and the one and only Sean Farish is coming up. Please don't miss it. It's always a great show. Rumble on your way out, ladies and gentlemen. I love you all. Have a great rest of your morning, and we'll see you in just a little while. God bless you. Peace out.